Okay, on today's episode, we have Nick. This was a great conversation, especially, you know, getting, you know, a perspective on high performance anxiety. You know, this is something, you know, I've seen a lot of people go through, especially, you know, from, you know, being high school and a sports background and all that kind of thing. So, you know, it was cool just to sit down and have a talk about it and, you know, getting this message out there, say, you know, saying that we all kind of go, you know, we all go through it from time to time. And we came, you know, we talked about a few solutions and that, which was fantastic. But yeah, but also to check out Nick's podcast, The Root of All Yips. He's just started out. It's a fantastic podcast, especially about, um, you know, high performance anxiety about, you know, sports and all those kinds of things, which make sure you go check it out. It's fantastic. Um, I'll link it down in the bio too below and all these other social medias and that. And also before we jump into today's podcast too, um, if you want to help out with the podcast a little bit more or a little bit extra, um, visit patreon.com forward slash studio mindfulness. Every little bit can help and you get a couple little goodies here and there too for, you know, donating a little bit. But yeah, hope you enjoy today's episode. All right, welcome to the show, Nick. Yeah, thanks for having me. Appreciate it. That's all good, man. So, um, you've just started a podcast called The Root of All Yips, which I was actually quite, you know, quite intrigued when you started this because it's something even myself and everyone I know are kind of, you know, suffer from like high pressure situations and kind of falling, you know, falling through. But um, I'll start with the first question with this, man. Um. W- where did, I guess, where did the yips start for you? All right. Well, the yips started for me, um, I think, coming towards the end of sort of year 12, I sort of noticed something was different. Um, I was in the VIS, which is the Victorian Institute of Sport, for three years. Um, made, you know, multiple state teams, um, scouts looking at me for, you know, from professional teams, that kind of thing. Um, and I never, I mean, I believed in myself, but I always had that doubt in the back of my mind for, for forever. Um, I always had to be sort of like pump myself up, but I always got through it. And then, um, sort of like there was a lot of stuff happening in year 12, a lot of distractions happening. Um, and then, yeah, as I was saying, I just didn't feel quite right. And then as, um, as it got closer to the end of that year, my performance sort of, yeah, got worse and worse and I started to get in my head a bit more and then it, it started to get like because I had already sort of committed to going to college um, I hadn't chosen one yet or I hadn't been selected yet but in my mind I was always going to college and then um, yeah as, as it sort of got closer and closer and closer you go to college in about August so um, yeah I was working here and then yeah I was getting very nervous about things and things, my performance wasn't great. And then, yeah, it just snowballed. And then when I got over, over to college in baseball, yeah, it just, it didn't, didn't plan out the way I thought it would. Um, couldn't perform. I, I think I played maybe two innings, if that. Um, and uh, as I've, I've said in my podcast and to, to other people, like I was quite embarrassed about um, coming back here and telling people that, oh, I've only played you know, two innings. Everyone back here is expecting you to come back and be like, oh, you know, killed her over there. And that that, that was really hard for me to come back here and, and sort of hide away from 
like telling people that I hardly played. So I always sort of just like, not ignored the question, but sort of like changed the topic or yeah, that kind of thing. Yeah, I 100% understand that, man, because when, especially when you, I guess it's like you have that high pressure on yourself because of what you think of others think of you kind of thing. So then we, I guess when you go on the play over there, is that because you've made, I guess, in everyone's eyes, you made the kind of, you know, big league or you're on that final step that you put this X amount of pressure on yourself before, you know, yeah, I think um, a lot of pressure built up, but I think what happened was um, I actually, I, I, I went on, I've been on another podcast with the um, sports psych that I, that I uh, went to see. Actually, he's going to be on my show next week, but cool. um, we established, yeah, it'll be really cool to dive into what he does, but um, we sort of established that I had a bit of both. Uh, I had a fear of success, mm. but I had a fear of failure at the same time. Mm. Um but it's funny. I think a lot of people don't think about it like that. A lot of people think it's all fear of failure, but I think, I think for me, it was more a fear of success. Um, and you subconsciously, when you do that, when you subconsciously, um, yeah, prevent yourself from, from going to that next level. Um, and your, your conscious just doesn't understand what's going on and you try to fight it, but you don't, you don't know how to, you don't know what to do. So um, it took me a while to figure out, what was going on and um yeah but um i went to see yeah this hypnosis sports psych um he's actually called the athlete secret weapon he, he helps a lot of a lot of athletes that are olympic athletes and professional athletes and the reason why he's called the athlete secret weapons because yeah it's a bit of a not a secret but i mean you have to really believe in what he does otherwise it won't work for you mm. i'm actually about to do hypnotherapy myself too Oh, so sick! Nice. Definitely, um, yeah, definitely do it. It's it's worth it as as long as you believe in believe in it and give it give it your all. You'll get something out of it. I think. Because mm, like, like even come back to it, man. Like your subconscious brain runs about ninety five percent of the show. So and then even because of that fear of um success, is that um, it's also scared of the unknown. Yeah. So that's the main thing that kind of you know kind of happens to us is that we, you know, we get this snowballing effect or momentum to where we want to go. And then all of a sudden we're almost there. Then our brain's like, nah, I feel unsafe. There's too much uncertainty here. Then it starts sabotaging itself too. So I've done it. Cause like a little bit about me that I was, I was thinking I was about, you know, fifth, 10th to 15th in Queensland for 800 meters. But every time, um, I got to a state level or a big comp is that I always felt as soon as I hit that second lap, my body just went, nah, <laughs> I don't want to go <laughs> yeah, kind of yeah. thing. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Well, that's interesting. Okay. So did you get, what level did you get up to with that? So but I, I've been, I went to nationals, but that was for a, a combined, a school comp. So it was a team thing, but yeah, I made okay. it up to, I guess would be representing regionals. Yep. Yep. Okay. Oh, that's, that's pretty good. Um, and then, so what you just got in your head and you start your performance started to go down or. Yeah, it did. It's kind of, you know, I guess it was that fear a little bit as you were saying that fear of success, because, you know, for me, you know, you can imagine what it feels like, but then subconsciously it, you don't want to go there. 
Yeah, yeah. If that makes Absolutely. a lot of sense. Yeah, definitely, definitely. Are you still running now? Um, I actually I stopped running probably about probably a year and a half ago now. Okay. I got back into it about two and a half years ago. Right. And then I took a step back from it because I was it was like working and then doing a few other things too. So I had a bit way too many commitments and that. Okay, sure. Yeah. Did you stop like originally because of what was happening or um yeah yeah that's like the original in grade 12 i kind of um i got real well the reason why i kind of stopped was a little bit of that too and yeah. when i got to regionals in grade 12 i was really sick a couple of days beforehand and okay. then i tried to run the race and then i kind of just you know i didn't run my best race so i kind of like hit the wall in the last slap yeah but yeah and i just kind of stopped after then because because that year I actually put so much more effort into it yeah. and trained like I was training up to about five times a week then. Okay. And Were you in the, um, the, what's the equivalent of, is it like the QIS or anything? Yeah. Oh, can't remember off the top of my head, something similar to that. Yeah. Yeah. That's cool. Um, and what age were you when you stopped? So it'd be 17. Okay. And then, and then 22. Yeah. Yeah. I'm running, or I think that it's, it affects, I don't know, just from what I've seen is it affects a lot of younger people. Um, sort of that early twenties, late teens seems to, uh, take, take effect more so then from what I'm seeing. I mean, I was early twenties, um, yeah. actually 19, early twenties. Yeah. I guess it's all actually, 19, early 20s, yeah. I guess it's also too when you're, I guess that age, that's when you have a lot of pressure on yourself because you've got a lot of peer pressure from, I guess, mates, family, and that to, you know, I wouldn't say necessarily in the sport, but to, you know, create something with your life. So you have all this input coming in from every direction that you kind of start sabotaging yourself because you've got so much pressure on yourself. For sure. Yeah, definitely. I can, I can understand that. Mm. So with, before you went to college, do you experience this beforehand as you're growing up or was it just before you went over to college? Um, look, I was always nervous sort of guy growing up, like, especially when it came to sports and stuff or that, um, I guess everyone sort of says, oh, you should be nervous before things. But, um, I think I was that sort of next level or get very, um, yeah, more so when it came to like tryouts as well. So for state teams and that kind of thing, I don't think I ever physically threw up, but I'd certainly felt like it a couple of times. Um, so yeah, I was always sort of a nervous guy, but I think after like, I tell you what, like as soon as I got one out in a game, I would, I'll be okay. I'll be fine. Once I got that first out, I'm good. Um, but if, if I didn't get that first out, then, you know, it may not be as great a day as I was hoping for. But, yeah, for some reason, um, yeah, I mean, I've always been yeah, nervous. And then, but the yips are, are next level. It's not even a, it's like, uh, I mean, I've never jumped out of an airplane, but I, I could, I'm, I'm thinking that's a similar feeling. Mm. Yeah, it would be. Because, like, even with myself, just recently I did, like, a public speaking event, and I think I got about, halfway through and forgot everything and I just kind of froze on stage. I was like, uh, and then I finished up. <laughs> and I was that's, that's the thing I want to sort of get on, on into on my podcast is like mm. 
know, not just athletes, but also business people or public speakers, that kind of thing, because it, it is, or musicians as well. Um, yeah, because I think it affects all sorts of aspects of life. Mm, it, yeah, definitely, especially that intense anxiety is that I, in any kind of area of life, it would affect your family, you know, work, you know, relationships yeah. and all that kind of stuff. So I guess come back to what were the kind of tools that you developed to deal with it? Um, okay, well, yeah, it was at the start, like I had no clue what was happening. So I was, I thought it might've been like a physical, I mean, I knew it was mental deep down, but I thought I could change it by, by working on my mechanics, like constantly. So, hmm. um, yeah, especially at college every day, I would like ask my catcher what was also my good friend of mine. Um, Oh, can we go do a bullpen? Like every day, a bullpen is like a practice pitching for those who don't know. Um, seriously, every day I would ask him, let's go do a bullpen. I want to, I want to fix this. Or I would go throw against the wall for hours. Um, just trying to, trying to correct something, um, hoping that it would just click. And um, un- yeah, unfortunately it never did. But um, I mean, back then anyway, because it, yeah, it's not a, it's much deeper than, than, than that. And um yeah so i tried tried all that and then when i came back here to australia i I went to go see a sports psych and and the hypnotist and he helped me and and definitely helped me throwing again like i could actually throw the ball on the full um because there was a a point in time where it got so bad that even the warm-ups like i couldn't throw five meters i couldn't i couldn't even throw against the wall at my own house like it, it was it got that bet like that into my head that um and it, it took a while to, to fix for sure and then um yeah so i, I went to see sports psychs uh stillness meditation helped a bit um all those kind of things and, and then you gradually just combine a bunch of different things together i, I did a lot of research into it I, you know i youtubed a bunch of videos on people that have been through it before, how they got through it. Um, I read a few books about it. Yeah. So yeah, combined a few different things. I think that's, I think that's a great thing to do too, is that there's, I guess with any kind of mental thing, there's no one solution to it. You got to add, be able to add a number of things to it. As like you are saying, you know, go to hypno, you can go to psychologist, you know, you can do the physical too, meditation and all that. And it's using all these tools because when these things do come up, sometimes that tool doesn't always work. And then you've got another tool in the bag to lean on. So I think that's quite important to have a number of tools in your bag kind of thing for when these things come up. Yeah, definitely. And I think um, <clears throat> it'd be good for me to... Well, it's good that I've, in a way, it's kind of, I'm glad, I'm not glad that I went through it because like I didn't perform the way I wanted to, but I've got the skills and, and the understanding as best as I know um, that I can sort of, if, if I see someone else going through it or, you know, let's, let's say uh, my kid in the future is going through something, I can, I can, I'll be able to sort of see it and say, look, I went through it. This is what I did. Maybe try this. Um, and that's the whole idea behind my podcast is that I'm trying to help others that have been through it or going through it just to let them know that, you know, they're not alone and 
um, there is there is ways you can get through it and, and fix it uh, as best you can. And um, you know, some people I've seen professionals go through it. Some of them don't get through to the other side, but then some do. So it's it just I think it all depends on how much you want to put into getting through it and, and fixing it and how much you really want it. Mm, I perfectly agree with that. And like to point out, it's like it, you give a real person perspective on it when you share it with people. It's no like, um, I guess when you go see a psychologist or a scientist or something like that, they give you all the book work as you, if you get it from say your father coach yeah, or friend, it's kind of an interpersonal kind of thing that you know be able to share that and it's so much more relatable than hearing all this you know this is what this research says this yeah really well i think um it would have helped me a lot if i if i if somebody had come to me and said look i've been through this i know what it's all about this is not necessarily this is how you fix it but just knowing that somebody had been through it that you're not alone that mm. would have been a huge help because it was so scary i didn't know what was going on i felt so <clears throat> embarrassed about things and yeah, so I think that would have been a huge help, which is yeah the other one reason why I'm doing the podcast. Mm. It's awesome to see that you're doing it too. And I think it's only really just recently, people, like, even when I was in school, it wasn't something I was always taught about because it was still more performance-based, as we'll probably touch base on mental kind of thing, but it was still more, you know, the performance thing. And I think this would... Well, it's good to see that it's coming more open now, especially in schools on social media and all that. But if we had a lot more, I guess, if it was a lot more open back then, it would be, we'll have a lot less people dealing with it and also with mental health too. Absolutely, yeah, because, um, yeah, there wasn't much. I mean, there may have been things known back then, like I'm talking 2010. So, mm-hmm. but I think, yeah, there was a lot of um, like, Oh, don't don't talk about it. Even even now, I mean, I think um, from what I've heard from professional athletes as well, is that if you, especially in baseball, um, if you mention the yips in the locker room, everyone sort of just bolts in the other direction. Like it's like a very like taboo topic. Um, so yeah, there's still a lot of work to go, but it, it has come a long way in in a short amount of time, ten years. And um, yeah, I, I don't think you probably wouldn't have seen it mentioned as much as it is now for sure. Mm, it's hundred percent. It's crazy too, that people still run away from these issues, even though there's, you know, there's so much, you know, stuff out there now saying yeah. everyone's kind of struggling with it, but we yeah. still, I guess it's still hardwired to hide it away from everyone. Mm, definitely. Yeah. Um, but yeah, as I said, like at college, like, I, I mean, I, I tried to, to speak to, you know, certain different people that they didn't quite know what to say. And there was just, I think in, in, in sports, we'll go to sports, but sports back then didn't really, um, yeah, didn't really think about those things or the, the, the knowledge wasn't there where I think it's really progressed. Now I'm seeing, I, I mean, I just added, I just followed this girl on Instagram. That's, um, she's working for the Philadelphia Phillies as a, as a mindset coach or a mental coach which is awesome. Um, I'm trying to get her on a show, but I think you wouldn't, you wouldn't have seen that probably 10 years ago. And even when I had, when I had Brad Harmon, the ex, the former major leaguer on my show, 
he, he told me that, you know, he was looking up the staff. Well, he actually used to play for the Phillies. So, and he said he, he was very impressed when he saw on the staff, there was two staff members that were associated with dealing with the mental side of the game. Mm. Yeah, it's a bit like that. Kind of lost my train of thought. <laughs> That's all right. no, but, <laughs> but, yeah, I was, I was just saying it's come a long way and, um, mm. Yeah, yeah, and it's definitely going to sorry to cut you off. It's definitely going to progress a lot quicker over the next, I guess, couple of years too. Because even talking to a couple of younger people that are still in school and that, and they seem to be a lot more aware of the yes mental states and mental awareness is a lot more there instead of trying to shove it away. So we are going a lot in the right direction, but also too, did you ever witness anyone else apart from yourself go through it? Look, I did, and it, the the I wouldn't I won't call it the funny thing is, but um, the the ironic thing is, um, the year before I went through it, we were at um, I was on a on a provincial team or a state team when we were playing in Perth, and um, the guy, the catcher, he was struggling to throw it back to the pitcher, like even just after the like it wasn't it was just after the pitch. Um, like there's no play involved or anything and you know the ball was bouncing and it was going over the top of the guy's uh, pitcher's head and he just couldn't throw it back to him and, it, and everyone was like oh what's going on like and uh, you could hear people sort of uh, you know laughing or uh, making a quick joke here or there and I was I think I was 18 and I, I, I was I'd never seen anything like that before except in a movie um, <clears throat> and I yeah we're like well what's going on to the and then, yeah, a year later, I went through something similar, which was, um, yeah, ironic, I guess. But, uh, yeah, it, I have seen other people go through it, yes. Mm. Yeah, I've seen, like, even playing NRL and stuff too, you see yeah. growing up, you see, I've seen plenty of people go through it. And it's weird that, I guess, back then, them having no knowledge about it. And if I had the knowledge now, I would have, like, you know, you would have approached the person kind of thing. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, even... I mean, you mentioned NRL, I'll say AFL. The, mm. You see a lot of the guys, you know, they miss right in front of the goals and you go, well, I, I know you hear the commentators and they go, how they miss that, you know, they're getting paid all this money. But now you sort of, I think people are recognising that it's, it's, a, it's a performance anxiety issue, definitely. And I see, um, <clears throat> for, for instance, I go for Essendon and <clears throat> I've seen a few guys they're right in front of goal and they had a shot and what they'll do is they'll hand pass it off to another guy because they're afraid um, to miss in front of the crowd or, but actually in saying that this season with no crowds, I've noticed that they're, they're actually um, much more accurate, which is interesting. That would that actually probably would make more sense because it's less pressure and you, you don't have, I guess, tens of thousands of people screaming at you either. Yeah. And, you you know, it's like, I guess it'd be like playing backyard football again. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. And how many times you would, you know, hit yeah. that goal. You know, I guess it's with the NRL, it's like kicking off the tee. So you'd be like, yeah. you do the sideline kick and get it, you know, you see people in the backyard and get it nine out of ten times. Yeah. And it'd be the same as the AFL when you're kicking a goal from 50 metres out. Mm, that's exactly right. So, um, yeah, I think I think I, I reckon the crowd's got a big, big part in it at that level. Anyway, 
And um, there is a guy that I recommend if you're interested in this sort of topic, looking up. It's um, I've mentioned him. I'm trying to get him on my show, and he's a big high profile. So I'm trying, but haven't got haven't got there yet. But um, his name's Rick Ankeel. Um, <clears throat> and he was a pitcher for St. Louis Cardinals and he had it, he was a gun, right? He, I think his signing bonus when he first signed was 1.2 million. So he was like a young kid, got 1.2 million. Um, and then he's pitching in the playoffs and two innings in, he's fine. Third inning comes along and all of a sudden he just lost control. He couldn't throw the ball straight to save himself. And that was the end of his pitching career. Um, really, really, really intriguing story. But he actually ended up making it back into the major leagues as a position player. So he got, he, yeah, he, he got dropped and released after failing as a pitcher and then made it all the way back as an outfielder again. So quite an interesting uh, story. I've got a book on it that I'm reading at the moment. It's very, very good. And I can relate a lot to it. Um, with what he went through, I go, oh yeah, I went through that too. I can pinpoint exactly the same the same stuff, except his obviously was a much higher level than I was. Mm. It's crazy, yeah. As I was saying before, creates that relatability too, and it's so cool when you hear those stories of you know someone failing and then all of a sudden rewiring how they think, and then they come back and you know kill it pretty much. Yeah. yeah, yeah, that's right. I mean, he never came real. He never really came back as a pitcher, which I think he was talking about doing like last year. Even though he's he's a lot older now, but he's still talking about it. But he ended up not doing it. But um, that would have been. I was hoping that he would have done that. It would have been exciting to see. Mm, definitely. So, for, guess what? Um, because I know with I've listened to your first podcast, a couple of podcasts, yeah. and that. So with baseball, what was the thing that kind of drawn you into it for everyone that's kind of listening on? Yeah, um, well, my dad played, so I've been around it since I was born. Um, and then, yeah, just naturally um, started playing when I was seven and and then took it from there. Mm. So what was, um, you know, with the idea behind the podcast, so what would you say kind of really, you know, sparked it? you know, made you, you know, take that first step with it? Uh, well, I, I've been wanting to do something for a few years. Like I didn't know what I was going to do. Like I was thinking about, I even started writing things down, like in my phone, I was thinking about putting a book together or something or a short little, you know, video on, on YouTube. Cause I'd seen that before someone else had done that. Um, but yeah, I didn't quite know. I mean, a book is like, that's, for me, that's like a huge step to do that. I'm not not a huge reader um, and wouldn't know where to start really. And um, video, I'm, I'm not bad at doing videos and stuff, but yeah, never really, I don't know. I'm not, I'm not high profile enough. For, and I thought, I saw my fiance, she started a podcast with her friend, I think a few months ago. And, um, and I thought well, that could be a good idea. Like maybe I could just try that um and yeah it's it's been good um got a lot of good feedback uh, a lot of people listening in and um getting a lot of uh support and and people saying you know that they've been through something similar or 
or they know somebody and um yeah they're they're, they're listening in which is great mm. yeah and it's yeah it's awesome work i'm gonna have to say too man and then i've also like come in you know i've been doing it almost a year now is that how many opportunities are you, opportunities it creates from doing it and I, I went through the exact same thing that you did man like I I fiddled around for three years trying to figure out what I wanted to do like my original idea was I guess like I wanted to you know share information and help people because I had all this and you know, I was like because I researched like mental health psychology for x amount of years I'm like I have all this knowledge but I have no idea what to do with it kind of thing and one thing that sparked me to do a podcast was because that's where I learned a lot of my information from because as same with you man I'm not a big reader I like I got heaps of books but barely read (laughs) it's like and I'm like you know I'll do a podcast and then I'll see what happens from there and then I've you know done a couple of other things too I guess with three weeks ago I did my first kind of little speaking thing as I was saying before Mm. Yeah, it creates these huge opportunities and this and this is why I always, you know, this is why I wanted to get you on the show too because I love seeing people, you know, starting out in, you know, doing their passion kind of thing. It's a cool thing to see. Yeah, it's um I'm enjoying it too. So that's um that's yeah, one reason I'm just really you know, I've got I've got work and, and other things, but to this is sort of a, a cool little thing to have on the side as well and mm-hmm. um it's also yeah connecting with a lot of people and and also past uh players and and friends and that kind of thing um getting in contact with them again which is great um and just knowing that people like have like you've got their support because i think like going through going through it uh going through the yips and stuff i always sort of i felt yeah i, I don't know like ashamed and and embarrassed and and thought people thought that I was like this this like I don't know like like a fraud or something <laughs> like it, it's hard to um it's in the imposter syndrome yeah like because I was so you know they had um recruited me and and I I was you know very good and and working my way up and then all of a sudden I'm really terrible and I, I, the whole the whole thing is, that, you know, I was thinking, you know, the college coach thinks, oh God, what, what have we done? Like, I'm never doing this again. Never going to, um, you know, uh, scout somebody from Australia again. That's the that's the way I felt. I mean, it's probably not true, but um, yeah. So it's good to know that people sort of don't feel that way or never did feel that way. And by putting this out there, you, I kind of realised that. Hmm. Yeah, it makes you kind of real. And it's crazy how much support you do get, especially when you do something like this. And especially with social media now, people have the more of the courage to reach out and be like, hey, you're doing, you know, you're doing well. I like what you're doing. Yeah. Or they have more of the courage to actually give you tips on things now too, which is <clears throat> yeah. even better. Yeah, and also a lot of people, like, a lot of people don't, that I know from the past, some some people don't know that I that I went through that, or they that I've met along the years that I've just never mentioned. You know, they know I played baseball and I'm, they know I sort of played at college and stuff, but they they don't know the, the full story behind everything and and why I sort of you know never. I mean, I'm still playing, but never progressed to that next level. 
that I wanted to achieve. Um, so it's, that's kind of cool too. People are discovering my story. Mm. Yeah. And I think we all need to share our story because it creates that, you know, you realize that you, as you probably know, learning from this is that you're not alone. You're the only one that goes through it. We all go through similar things at different stages through life. Yeah, hundred um, percent. That that's what I'm sort of learning too. Is that yeah, a lot of, everyone's got going through something. So um, yeah, everyone's got a story, which is uh, you've got to remember that. That yeah, probably people don't even like when you when I was going through it. I wish I had had the maturity I do now that I could say like nobody nobody really cares. <laughs> like nobody cares that you're not performing well. Um, mm. They they're still gonna love you. They're still gonna be your mates. Like, mm. don't don't panic about it. And that would have helped a lot. I think that would have helped me relax a bit more, and, and maybe I would have got out of it sooner. Mm. Yeah, because most people just care that you show up. That's what they appreciate the most. Yeah, yeah, and like I I I'm talking more on the lines of uh, coming back here and 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 people asking me how I went, and mm. I think um, I don't think people like I was just worried that you know, they're going to laugh in my face. Um, mm. But I think like, they're probably more interested to, they're probably, they're probably more interested to hear the stories about college and stuff, which they loved. I know they did. I told them all about that. So um, mm. that's the, the fun times as well. You've got to remember that it's all about having fun too, which I had a lot of fun over there. Um, yeah. Yeah. Not embarrassed about that, that side of thing. I had a great time. I made some awesome friends and, and if I hadn't have gone there, I would never have met my fiance. So very thankful for going there. And I had the best time. I, I, I would recommend going to college hundred percent in the States. It's, it's so, so much. Mm. Just cut out a little bit there. Ooh, I don't know if that's my end. Yeah, no, it was fine. My end. Yeah. That's it. Sorry, cut out a little bit there. That's all right. That's all right. Yeah. But um, to we'll wrap it up on this question, man. If if I guess anyone else that's going through it or just starting to acknowledge that they are going through it, what advice would you give to them? Um. Well, don't panic because I think that's I see it a lot, and I, I definitely did myself. Don't panic about it. Like, just take a step back and sort of acknowledge what's happening um there's no band-aid effect for it so seek some help um talk to somebody about it pull your coach aside and say i'm going through this do you have any advice for me what have you experienced this um and then sort of yeah definitely go and see see some some seek some help for sure um and don't worry what other people think mm, that's definitely good ones yeah but yeah Thanks heaps for coming on, man. Really appreciate it. Uh, no worries. Thanks for having me on. I, I, I'm really appreciative you you uh, took the time to have me on the show. That's a good. My pleasure. Cheers. Thanks. Right, cheers for tuning in today's podcast, guys. Um, I just want to put a quick thing out there. I am currently doing a online one-on-one course for your mental well-being, so you can check that out at mitchellcrocker.com forward slash courses and all the rest of the information there. If you have any questions, make sure you reach out to me on any of my socials or email, which is on the website too. And also to um, tell us what, tell me what you thought of the podcast, um, give us a like, 
you know, so forth. And if you think this podcast will add some value to a friend, share it with them. But thank you for tuning in today, guys. Very much appreciate it.